Father, we just worship you this morning. And we sing, oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for joining us. We thank you, God, that you gave your son Jesus for us. And that we're so thankful this morning, God, we could just come and worship you. And we thank you for joining us here. We pray that as we hear your word this morning, God, that you would speak to us. Have your way in our hearts. God, let us not leave this place unchanged today. God, just do what you want to do in us. We love you and we give this time to you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Say with me, the word of God, the spirit of God, the people of God are all we need and we need each desperately. Amen. Last week we talked about forgiveness. And basically the main idea was from the parable that Jesus taught that it is absolutely unreasonable for us to have been forgiven of all of our sins and then we're not willing to forgive others. And the side of that is that it's reasonable that because we have been forgiven, we should forgive. And so Christians are to be forgivers. I want to follow up a little bit with that. Look in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. An older fellow walked into a coffee shop one morning and he looked irritated. One of the men that was in the coffee shop said, hey, what's bothering you today? And he said that air conditioner on my 72 Chevy never did work right. And the guys that were in the coffee shop said, well, that's a long time ago. He said, yep, but I'm still mad about it. We can be mad about something for a long time and lose understanding of why. We can be upset with someone for a long, long time and we have lost the awareness that we're upset. We can have a spirit of bitterness towards someone. We can be bitter about things and we've been bitter for so long that we just have lost sight of why we're bitter. Just don't know. Now, the consequences of the anger, of the bitterness, of the resentment is still present. It's there, but we lose sight of it. It's much like a couple that has a problem. There's a, the, their relationship has really broke down. There, there's, there's not closeness, there's nothing but irritation, uh, their feelings are on their uh, shoulder, they're, it's like they got a chip on their shoulder, literally. I mean, they just, it just doesn't take long for the littlest of things to cause a fight. And, and, and the truth is, they don't remember why they're mad at each other. They don't remember when it happened. It's just been so long since there's been this, uh, this bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness that has built up in their lives. And, and so they just have a sour relationship. And so in how we're wired and how we're made, 
you can be sour in a relationship for a long, long time and you've lost sight of it. You don't know why you're sour. You, don't, you just don't know why you're upset. You don't know how you got there. But you're there. But you're there, and that's the important thing to understand. You may not remember how you got there, how you got sideways with Uncle Bill or Aunt Sally or, you know, someone at work or someone, you know, in the church. You don't remember how you got sideways with them, but you know you're sideways with them. Okay? Now, so it can be fixed without going back and finding out how it happened. Just address the problem. Just address the issues. In my life, there's bitterness. In my life, there's resentment. In my life, there is irritation. I'm very irritable with people. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very uh, uh, easily provoked. I'm easily uh, challenged into a debate, an argument, and, and, and I wear my emotions on the outside of my shirt, you know? Forgiveness is the answer. Forgive. You can forgive without resolving the matter. You can be reconciled with someone else without resolving the matter. Your relationship with that person simply means more than whatever the offense was. And so we can forgive. The mission of Jesus in our life means more than whatever it was that called the rift between you and someone else. So you forgive. Peace of mind and heart and spirit in your soul means far more than whatever the offense was. And so I, I'm going to forgive because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so we forgive. I was thinking this week about Star Wars a little bit. I don't know why, because I'm not really a Star Wars person. But I was thinking about Star Wars, and that scene, and there's several different parts in, in the first movie. The first movie that I saw was the very best. I think it's the fourth movie, but the rest of them, I just, and that, that, that floppy-haired donkey, I just couldn't get beyond that. And, but in those scenes where Obi-Wan Kenobi says, the force is strong with this one. The force is strong with this one. I think Darth Vader's in his little F-16, and he said, the force is strong in this one. The force is strong. You may play a game at the airport or somewhere else, you know, when you're sitting down waiting for something. Susan and I play this game every now and then. What do they do for a living? What do they do for a living? You know, that guy there is an accountant. Oh, how do you know that? Look at all those pens in his pocket. He's been adding up. He's ready to go, right? Well, you know, you could play a game in the airport or wherever you go. Are they a forgiver or an unforgiver? You can play that game. Look how angry she is. She must be a, an unforgiver. Look how at peace that fella is. He just walked over there, sat on the floor, and went to sleep. 
He's a forgiver. You know what I mean? Look how irritated that lady is that the plane is 10 minutes late. She must be an unforgiver. She's quick to explode. She must be an unforgiver in life. You can see that. And you can see that either it's Paul Mile cigarettes or it's unforgiveness that makes them age far beyond their years. She's either an unforgiver or she loves Winston's. Right? The strength of unforgiveness, the power of unforgiveness does not need to be overestimated. Man, it can wear you out. It can destroy you. The message today is for believers. First of all, it says in Matthew chapter 6, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Now, he wasn't saying in the Lord's Prayer, you should repeat these words. Matter of fact, he says, don't, don't make this a ritual where all you do is pray, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But use this as an outline for your prayer. So your prayer, there is, there is adoration. In your prayer, there is a time where you apply all the wonderful things that God has done to your world. There is an element of faith in the prayer. There is an element of, of request. You know, give us today our daily bread, right? And then in verse 12, the scripture says, Jesus says this, listen to this. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. I think people have prayed this prayer without realizing what that says. Can you imagine the conflict in the spirit when you are praying that prayer and not meaning that prayer? Think about it. Let this soak in a minute. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses as we have forgiven others. Do you want to be forgiven like that? Do you want to be forgiven by God the same way you have forgiven others? Boy, howdy, that's, that's difficult. That's strong right there. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, pray this. Understand this. So Jesus obviously is saying to us, yes, adoration is important. Petition is important. Supplication is important. Thanksgiving is important. But in the Lord's Prayer, in the structure of, of coming before God, there should be within us an understanding that we ask for forgiveness with the way that we have forgiven others. So God forgives us as believers now. God forgives us the way we have forgiven others. So if we haven't forgiven others, he doesn't forgive us. 
If we partially forgive others, that's the way He's going to forgive us. If we are conditional with our forgiveness, He's conditional with His forgiveness directed towards us. Now, that's a serious, serious matter. And then he says in verse 14, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Oh, we so want to explain that away. We want to look at that and say, Now, that's what Jesus said, but that's not what Jesus meant. That's what Jesus said, and that's what Jesus meant. It's to be taken as he said it. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. There's a condition on our forgiveness as believers. There's a condition on it imposed by Him. It sounds strange. There's a such thing as an unforgiven Christian. There is relationship with God based on His grace and security, but there is not fellowship with God. This is not a statement about ultimate destiny. It's not a statement about eternal damnation, but it's a statement about quality of life here and now. If we are unforgiving, we are not going to have abundant life. To be unforgiving means that the channel of God's grace for living every day is blocked from the human side. It means that you have chosen to hang on to your bitterness and walk away from your daily walk with the Lord. It means that you would rather be angry than joyful. It means that you have chosen resentment over peace. Grudges have become more important than the daily blessing of God. You'd rather live with the hidden torturers than to experience the freedom of forgiveness. It's an important question. It's an important decision that we make, forgive or not forgive. There are great consequences when we choose not to forgive. We forgive because we have been forgiven. R.T. Kendall wrote a book called Total Forgiveness. And he listed in there nine consequences for an unforgiving spirit. He says, our fellowship with the Father is blocked. He says, the Holy Spirit is grieved. That's what Ephesians tells us. It says, your prayers will not be answered. Your prayers will not be answered. God leaves you alone to face the problems of life on your own power, in your own power. The devil gains a foothold through your bitterness. That's what Ephesians tells us. And when I think about the devil gains a foothold in our bitterness, I, I, I think about the unwanted salesman that comes to your door and they're selling something and you don't want anything to do with it 
And, you know, so you start to close the door on him and he puts his foot in the door to keep the conversation open. That's what the devil does. When Christian people who cannot be possessed by Satan, they can be harassed by Satan, they can be oppressed by him, but when the Christian person chooses not to forgive, the devil rejoices because he knows that he's got them. They are going to become unfruitful. They're going to become unproductive. Their worship is going to lack. Their obedience is going to lack. They are not going to love according to God's plan. And so they're not going to bring glory to God. They're not going to be a weapon in the kingdom of God that Satan is concerned about. And so one of his primary strategies is to get Christian people not to forgive. Not to forgive. You lose the blessing of God on your life. You waste time nursing a wounded spirit. It's a waste of time to still be mad at Chevy because they didn't make a good air conditioner in 1972. Right? Now, I use that story this morning because I love that story because it just makes me laugh about things, but... As foolish as that would seem, and by the way, this old boy, he was playing around, right? However, haven't you experienced that you have been mad about something as trivial as a 1972 Chevy and it has made your life miserable? First of all, does it really matter that Uncle Buck doesn't like you? Does it, does it matter that George at work, that he says unkind things to you? Does it really matter? No. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter that people walk out on you when you're talking. <laughs> it's all right. It doesn't matter. I will not be upset by that. But if he ever preaches in here, I'm walking out two of them right there. <laughs> There we go. Lots of activity going on. And probably the most anchored issue is when you choose not to forgive, you become enslaved to the people that you hate. Now, here's the way the world works. We think when we choose not to forgive someone, we think that they're spending as much time thinking about whatever that issue is as, as we're spending time thinking about it. You know what the truth is? They're not thinking about it. We are. And we chose not to forgive, and, and they may be absolutely clueless that any issue even took place. And they're going around living their life. They're free. It's all good. They're, they're at peace. They haven't thought about you since the last time they saw you. But you're eat up with it. It has you trapped. You are enslaved to it. And so there are real consequences for a believer that chooses not to forgive. Now, when you go to a church, maybe this one, you, you might even evaluate what we've got going here. When God's people assemble in a building like this, 
and it appears to be really, really dead when the force is not strong in that one. Maybe it's because there's lots of unforgiveness in that church. It says that our unforgiveness is one of the things that grieves the Holy Spirit. It could very well be that the lack of spiritual activity, the lack of uh, exuberance in worship, the, the lack of energy in a congregation when they worship is a lack of forgiveness. A lack of forgiveness. All right. Let's move on here now. Since our forgiveness depends on forgiving others, then it's really an important question that we should ask. If we are forgiven based on how we forgive, then I want to know if I truly have forgiven, don't you? I want to know if I've really truly forgiven someone. How do I know that? Now, Basically, the overwhelming thing is when you are set free from the offense, you've forgiven. All right. Here's some things to consider, though, to, to ask yourself this question. Have I really forgiven uh, so-and-so? Have I forgiven my wife? Have I forgiven my husband? Have I forgiven someone for whatever has caused me, uh, you know, the angst? Number one. You face what they did and you forgive them anyway. Number two, you don't keep bringing it up. You know that you've walked away from it when you don't keep bringing it up. Leroy owes me $50. Every time I see Lord Leroy, I remind him of my $50. Leroy, where is my $50? Leroy says, I paid you. No, where's my $50? We agreed when we went over yonder that I would pay $50 in that to fix whatever we need to fix. And I gave you the $50 and you didn't, you know, I didn't get it back. Leroy says, I paid you. But if you keep bringing it up, you haven't forgiven Leroy the $50. When you stop talking to other people about it, you know that you're on the way to forgiving them. You show mercy instead of judgment. You refuse to speak evil of them. Most of the people you speak evil of, you, you've chosen not to forgive them of something. You might not even remember what it was that we previously said. But you don't speak evil of them. You choose not to dwell on it. You're able to pray for them. You're able to pray for him. So from what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 6, in your prayer time, if you think about, and that would be uh, done by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit would put that on you, and you choose not to pray for them because you're mad at them, your whole prayer is just, just lost. It doesn't go anywhere. That's God's choice. You ask God to bless them. You know you've forgiven someone when you wish well of them. You ask God to bless them. 
You know that you've forgiven someone when you don't rejoice at their troubles. You know that you have not forgiven them when you hear at the coffee shop that they had four flat tires yesterday on the way home from work and you went, yeah, it's good. It was hot yesterday. Hope his bald head got burned out there. That's, that's not forgiveness. You don't rejoice at the troubles and you help them when you can. You know you've forgiven someone when you're willing to help them when you can. You know, it's a beautiful thing when God speaks to us and we hear and respond. It's a beautiful thing. It does no good to come to church on Sunday and hear the words of Jesus, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven others. If you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. I mean, th this is serious information for us. And to hear these words of Jesus and not do anything about it is senseless, foolish. I know that many of us are conditioned to go to church and hear the message. And you might even say, good message. Spoke to somebody, not me, but spoke to somebody. And leave it at church and walk out and nothing changes. That's a serious problem. That really is. That means that there's some unforgiveness in our life. It means that disobedience is an issue. It probably most likely is tied to unforgiveness. When the Holy Spirit convicts you of something, respond immediately. Confess immediately. Adjust your disobedience immediately. You had to follow through with what the Lord has told you to do. Follow through. Don't just leave it at church. Just don't leave it in your prayer room or wherever the Holy Spirit came and made you aware of disobedience, of sin, of unforgiveness. You got to follow through. After our forgiveness sermon last week, I received an email and I want to read it to you because it's from someone that didn't just let it lay there, followed through. Good morning. Thank you for your sermon yesterday. I was not saying thank you as I heard it yesterday. I streamed it from home so I was free to moan loudly as my husband laughed at me. I knew that I needed to forgive my brother in Christ who happens to be my brother. I've been mad at him for over a year about the silliest things. I heard the message loud and clear. My daughter went to church with a friend yesterday when she got home, I told her about your sermon. She said, Mother, this is literally Jesus talking to you. Can you hear him? I didn't want to call my brother, but I did. He was too busy to talk to me, so I thought I was off the hook. But he called me back this morning. I intended on telling him how he hurt my feelings, but as we talked about what was going on in his life, I saw how silly and petty I was being. I never told him. 
I receive the blessing of forgiveness and the blessing of forgiving. We talked for close to an hour. I was able to empathize with him and encourage him. Though we didn't pray together, I assured him I would pray for him. They responded. They responded. Let me read it again. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sins against us. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Colossians 3.13 Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Ephesians 4, verse 30. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. As the Holy Spirit lays on your heart those people, that person that you've chosen not to forgive, you know what to do. Be set free. Help us, Lord, to do what you command. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward.